you are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. Thanks for downloading the two Sorry Excuses podcast, recording live via via the internet. I'm your old pal Sanders. I'm your good buddy Liv. And if you are keeping score at home, this is episode 180, and the Oscar goes six. The annual Two Sorry Excuses Academy Awards preview show. Post-COVID edition. Yep. This should be a good show since neither of us have seen any of the movies that are nominated this year. (laughs) Not only that, (laughs) not only that I haven't seen any of the movies nominated this year, besides a movie that I saw a trailer for starring Francis McDormand, who I'm assuming... Got nominated for an Academy yeah. Award because she's Frances McDormand. Yeah, I, I have no idea, and I don't even know what that the name of that movie is. So the I, I am I'm lost, man. Yeah. I'm lost. But in addition to uh, diving into the Oscars, because I I feel like it wouldn't be right if we didn't do an Oscars preview it's show tradition. We did one last year, right? We we did one last year, right. and I was just looking back on our last and uh, our recent podcasts. And if we go back, the last one we did was was almost a year ago uh, today. It was uh, April seventeenth, actually, two thousand twenty. Wow. Uh, we did one a week before that, and then a week before that, and then we had an Oscars preview show. Um, a few weeks before that, and then then our reunion run ended. That was right before the COVID hit. Yes, right. Yeah, because it was because they had a full Oscars last year. Yes. Yeah. And then we went on a mini COVID run. So we came back. We reunited for the first time in in a year and a half for the Oscars five. Okay. And then COVID hit, and we did a little mini um, Fleetwood Mac esque reunion run in the beginning of COVID. And then as things are apt, you know, who's going to be really psyched about this. Well, I, it's one of two people. It's either BP or, or Fredo. <laughs> well, sure. BP, but definitely Fredo. Yes. Fredo's the man I was thinking of. <laughs> which is wonderful, which is wonderful because I've been, <laughs> I've been thinking about him a lot recently. Okay. And, um, one, <laughs> I hadn't, I, I've, you know, I I have not slipped up. I haven't regressed. I haven't fallen off the wagon. I'm still, my health and, and, and um, weight are all still trending in the right direction. Well, I'm still feeling good. I have reduced my blood pressure medication for the first time in like, 10 years. The doctor rolled it back. Um, I'm feeling good. I'm running 20 miles a week, but the scales have not been friendly to me for whatever reason. Oh, you mean your weight's fluctuating? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sensitive to it. And I, I'm one of those guys who does, 
you know, seven to 10 pound swings in a, in a 14 day period without really trying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, I'm kind of a, out there with you too, as far as that goes with the weight issues, you know, which is why I haven't even weighed myself in like a couple of months because it's like, I just don't want to, it's like, I feel it in my pants and I'm like, oh, I must've gained a few pounds. Exactly. You know? And I'm like, what am I doing? I can't imagine I'm eating much less than I was eating before, you know, or much and, more. And a lot of times I go by feel. Yeah. You know, and especially when I, um, I, I still have that extended fast routine and I always feel better when I'm fasting and, and drinking a lot of water and, you know, laying off the booze, but you just do that Monday through Friday or you do it every day. Uh, so I do extended fasts. Uh, I have two routines. Oh, you do extended fast. I was thinking of like the intermittent fasting. That's all the time. Every okay. day is a minimum of 18 hour fast. I was doing that for a while and then I got sick of not eating anything in the morning. Uh, I've gotten to the point where it's just routine now. Yeah. So on week one, on weeks one and three, I do a 60 hour fast. The last thing I eat is Saturday uh, is Sunday night. Okay. And then I eat breakfast on Wednesday. Yeah. That's week. What do you one. drink water and stuff? Yeah. Water, coffee, coffee. Um, There's the things you can drink, right? Yeah. And, and I'm still eating. I'm still eating zero carb. So when I'm fasting, my body is, is, is in ketosis. It's eating yeah, its yeah. own fat. Right. Yeah. So that's how I get my energy. Then weeks two and four, my last meal is on a Sunday and then I eat again Thursday night. Okay. So this is a month long schedule. You do two yeah. weeks every other week in two weeks. So wait, on the second leg of it, When's your first meal after? It's Thursday. Thursday afternoon-ish. Thursday afternoon. Yeah. A little snack. That's like, what, a 72-hour? So it's like 84. 84 hours. Okay. 84. If Dang. I can push it to 90, I'll push it to 90. And That's then intense, man. once every, uh, you know, 8 to 12 weeks, I'll do like 110 hours, which is Sunday to Friday. So you and Bernadette never go out for dinner. Well, this is perfect. Yeah, this is perfect because we haven't reintegrated anything into society yet. So it's it's the perfect. Okay. And our our are things in Jersey, like what is open up there, and what's not? Because I know I know the more liberal the state, the stricter the policies are. Yeah. So you can you can go. And dine outside at any restaurant. Which must have been awesome in the winter. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You should have seen it, man. It was such a shit show. All these places are setting up tents, like wedding style tents in their parking lots and and doing quote unquote outdoor dining. But that's even worse than indoor dining because yes. there's no ventilation system in those. Yeah, things. you're stuck in this plastic tent. I know. Yes. I, was, I was like, that makes no sense. Now you're in a, a little tent with a bunch of people all breathing a limited amount of air. <laughs> it's a COVID petri dish. Yeah. yeah. So um any outdoor restaurants where like basically any place would would have it. Then um, 
I don't remember when, maybe like January ish, February ish, they opened up restaurants to like 25% capacity. And they recently just opened them to 50% capacity. So okay. I, I, I didn't, I didn't love going out to eat to begin with. Yeah. Like I'm not a huge, you know, good meal. I'm, I'm no Mike Reardon. No, I hear you. you I know? mean, I'm not as, I like to go to certain places, but I, I like to cook more. Yeah, exactly. Than, exactly. There's like a couple. Weekend, I like this. Like, I like to do things I can't do during the week, you know, like stuff you don't have time to make during the week, you know? Exactly. Exactly. There's a couple places that, you know, we would hit and I miss, but they've changed the entire atmosphere of those places anyway. Yeah. So it's not even the same. Yeah. So um, the big. The big thing will be um, going to the fish joint. Okay. Uh, like and and uh, the seafood place that's right on the on the inlet. That was one of y'all's hot spots. Yeah, yeah. that's like a special occasion place because it's it's expensive, okay. but it's the you thing know, I feel that's got to kill you is going out for breakfast. Well. Like the diners and stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. that's like, what I remember we've done every time I've been in Asbury Park. Exactly. You know, one of the diners. Exactly. And that's like not even on my radar anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, I don't know. There's, there's, you know, it's like 50%. I don't do it anymore, so I don't miss it. And 50%, I, I'm a little hesitant because... Yeah. I don't trust anybody else in Jersey. Yeah. Have you gotten vaccinated yet? I did. All right. So Pfizer, Moderna, J&J. Moderna. Okay. Moderna. So like I'm, I looked at the vaccine as the reintroduction to friends and family. Yeah. You know, not necessarily shenanigans. We'll see what the summer's like. Um, They open up the beaches. Huh? They open up the beaches with no limitation this year. So that's going to be a shit show. Well, that's fine, actually, though, because it's like it, it, every, all the science is saying that beaches are the best place to be. Well, I mean, which is to be an outdoors, you know? I'm like, not for the spread because the issue is ventilation. And it also it has a hard time spreading in warm weather. And I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned about catching especially since I'm vaccinated and you're not um, going to get any Jersey Shore house parties um, <laughs> I just didn't miss last summer I didn't miss all the Bennies all the people from Staten Island yeah. like all the assholes who came down like, yeah. last summer was with their barbed wire tattoos around the arm playing their music too loud smoking yeah. when it's a non-smoking beach like, gel in their hair exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly so i didn't miss them last summer and they'll be back this summer yeah so that's the only downside that's the only downside um but the um Fredo, back to Fredo. Back to Fredo. Yeah. It always comes back to Fredo. <laughs> so 
I was um, not feeling, not feeling my, my, I wasn't feeling my best. Yeah. And stepped on the scale. I was a little higher than it should have been. You were and, feeling crummy already before you stepped on the scale. Yeah. 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 Like you just felt like shit something was wasn't right. A wire. Yeah. And I certainly. And, and, and I certainly didn't like the number and I knew the number was coming and I didn't yeah. like the number. And the first thought there I am fresh out of the shower in all my sand manness. The first yeah. thought that pops into my mind is, Oh, this is no good. Fredo would be so disappointed. I've let Fredo down. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I got to get my act together. <laughs> I got I can't let him down, man. I can't let him down. So anything about your Sandman this <laughs> <laughs> thinking about how anybody that was in Fagans for a particular couple of nights in the 90s <laughs> in 96 oh. and 97 have seen <laughs> the glory of all your Sandmanness. <laughs> Baby carrots and walnuts, man. Baby carrots and walnuts. <laughs> uh. I can take I can take a joke. Can we just say that it's great that social media didn't exist back then? hundred percent. hundred percent, man. Soap always says Soap always says that he wished social media existed when when we were there because the top ten list would be famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the risk does not the reward doesn't outweigh the risk on all the other shit that would have been captured. Would be if it did get famous, like these viral people, and then the next thing that comes up is, oh, here he is naked. Yeah. Now you're a well-known dude who's naked on a bar. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'd be basically Dave Portnoy without Dave Portnoy's money. Oh God. Um. So then uh, the second Fredo. Yeah. Um, a mental encounter came recently when uh, I was watching some cooking show and they had a, a griddle, like an outdoor griddle, and they're cooking up. And I said, Oh, man, Fredo has one of them. Yeah. I'd love to have one of those someday. And I keep thinking about getting one. Well, for. It could have been a holiday. It could have been an occasion, but it could have been just very well out of the kindness of her heart. Byrne got me a Weber insert skillet. Oh, for your grill? For the grill. Oh, okay. Awesome. So you take out one of the grates and, and yeah. this. It's, you, have a, you have a gas Weber? Yeah. Okay, so it's a, it's basically like a flat griddle, so you can do all the pancakes and bacon and yep. all that on it. Yep, That's awesome. And the great thing about it, it could because what the how it came up was I saw the cooking show, and I wanted to cook smash burgers. Yeah, that's what Fredo made for. Uh, his mom's birthday when I was down there, smash burgers. And maybe maybe we had talked about it, so it was yeah. in the back of my mind. And I have a. Um, a, a Emil Lagasse cast iron griddle, and okay. I actually brought it to uh, like the Syracuse for your, game for your stove. 
Wait, yes. Yeah, yeah. When I made the um the pork roll egg yeah. and cheeses. Yes, yes, yes. And the problem with it is it's not deep enough. So you can cook eggs, you can definitely cook pancakes. Pork roll is touchy. Bacon sets the whole thing aflame. Yeah, the grease just gets yeah. So I tried that on on the grill and I just put it on and, and heated it up and it was okay. But the Weber accessory is deep. Yeah. And it's got uh drainage holes. Okay. Is there like a uh like does it just drain into the grill or is there like a yeah it drains into the grill. Okay. It just drains into the grill. Um but it's it's awesome. So I can go out, cook some bacon, cook some eggs, and then cook burgers on the same skillet. I've been thinking about getting one of those, and I've been toying with the idea for like six or seven months now. The only issue that holds me back is like, do I really need to drop? Like they got this one camp chef they sell at Home Depot. It's It even lifts off and becomes a regular grill under it. Okay, you know, like the fanciest one they have, and I have enough money on my credit card because I do everything on my credit card and pay it out every month. Yeah, I'm not spending that money on anything, but then I keep holding off because I'm like, I live alone, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> I really need something that can feed 20 people. <laughs> live right. alone. You know, like I'm gonna go out there and fire up this whole thing, and cause a mess just to make me friggin' three. Three or four slices of bacon. Right. <laughs> the only thing that's killing me because I want one of those things so bad because there's so many things you can do with them. Yeah. Especially yeah. if you're yours, I imagine you must be you're you're using it frequently, huh? Yeah. So well seasoned by now, huh? Oh yeah, it's great. And and yeah. for, for my birthday. Uh, Burn got me it first before you used it, like throw down a couple of layers of oil or something on it. No, I went right on it. I went right okay. on it. Yeah, it's kind of out, right out of the box. Um, I'm sure I, it's free seasoned anyway. Yeah. So for my yeah. birthday, I got the um, Bernie got me the um, the Weber's uh, the the two burner. Okay. Because if given the choice. I'll fire up the the um the charcoal. Yeah. You know, and if I'm having a bunch of people over, I'm gonna be smoking something to cook yeah. to feed that many people anyway. So the gas grill was more of like a luxury in the winter when I just want to cook, you know. Well, you know the thing you mentioned about that, like that's an issue. I I, I had this little basically like a little portable thing that I bought at Target, like a gas grill. And I was like, oh, this is all I need. Because sometimes when you want grilled food, like, you know, it's not worth, like, doing a whole charcoal fire. Yeah. To make, like, a couple of pieces of chicken for dinner. But you just want the grilled food. Yes, yeah. So I had it for that, and the thing broke out. The regulator broke on it right away. So I got the replacement regulator. It worked one time, broke again, and I'm just like, Fuck it. And that's where I'm at right now because that's why I should just replace it with the the fancy grill I was talking about. Because sometimes I come home from work and I want to eat some stuff yeah. grilled, fish or something. And it's just like, 
not going to go set a whole charcoal fire because then it's gone for another like 10 hours anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, man, it's, it's worth it. The amount that you you cook for yourself, the joy that you take in it and the quality of the food that you make, it makes it worth it. I mean, I know you're not throwing huge parties, but it, it would be fun to have. Yeah, it it's definitely something, you know. Um, this this might be what pushes me over the edge. This conversation, nice, <laughs> nice. Uh, and then if I'm going to push you in another direction, I'm going to push you towards the second greatest revelation. Okay, um, is Butcher Box. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen the ads about Butcher Box, but I never knew anybody that got Butcher Box until you did. It's a subscription service, right? It's a subscription, but it's it's uh, it, it's customizable. Okay. And totally affordable, reasonable, and the quality is outstanding. So I was a fan of Omaha Steaks yeah. because of the quantity and the value. Yeah. But... Butcher box blows it away. Really? It's like if Omaha Steaks is like a B minus or a C plus compared to Butcher Box, which is like A. I imagine there's various levels of subscriptions you can get and frequent depend on frequency and what totally. you totally right? yeah. All right. So what kind of deal you have? Um, so the first one, I'm on my second round. The first one. How many, was, what kind of increments do they work in? They said so you, four, six, or eight weeks. Okay. And then you can get the you know the $150 package or the $250 package. And the $150 package might be like choose six. Three pounds of chicken, uh, you know, a pound of ground beef. Is it 150 you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Couple uh, New York strips. Um, there's like this. It it ended yeah. up being like eight to ten meals. Okay, out of that one fifty. Yeah, that's not bad. No, it it's great. Yeah, and I then mean, obviously, I mean, if you're eating stuff like that, it's that's a higher end meal to begin with. So yeah. if you're spending ten to fifteen dollars per meal, you're doing all right. I had a local kind of, you know, box of meat from a, from a local like deli restaurant that was phenomenal. Uh, It was, it was about the same as butcher box in terms of price and quantity. But I mean, the pork chop was like a tomahawk pork chop and, uh, and then the New York strips were, you know, 12 ounces instead of 10 ounces. Like they were phenomenal, but it's local. So I think you're going to get higher quality. Yeah, higher quality, probably higher prices too, huh? A little higher, and they don't deliver. You got to go pick it up, like that kind of thing. Yeah, I know people that do that. I imagine they got meat stuff. But I know, like they, like a girl I work with. You know, she's she's 29 or something, so she's right in that market where she goes. I had to go do it for her last week. Pick up her box of produce. You know, like locally, <laughs> locally raised. Because she was giving me some because she was gone out of town. She's like, can you go get the box? Because I got to be at a meeting. I was like, yeah, sure. Since she was going to give me a bunch of it. 
like high quality produce that, you know, yeah. that, I, that I wouldn't necessarily buy for myself. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, um, I've been super happy with the, with the butcher box. And let me those... ask you one question though. Yeah. When you make your, you make your burgers with the meat that comes from butcher box. Yes. You grind your own meat. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I get ground beef. Okay. Um, you know, let me, let me advise you. You got to start grind, grinding uh, your own meat, man. Okay. Two. That's something I learned from Fredo. So because it was the pandemic, I bought the grinder attachment for the kitchen aid. Okay. And definitely steps your game up. Cause you go get a blend of, of meats, you know, like uh, you know, mix like sirloin and short rib or whatever, you know, and you make your burgers and it's like, you know, how good freshly ground. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. My only, the only thing holding me back from that is, um, is the, the attachment. I don't have the, the kitchen aid. So yeah. Oh, you don't have the actual kitchen aid itself. I, yeah, I don't. Yeah. Okay. So he doesn't have one. No, <sighs> no. What do they just make a grinder? Yeah. I'm sure you can buy a grinder, but I mean, there's so many like, during the pandemic, that's why I bought a couple of attachments. I bought that. And I also bought the attachment that shreds and it's got multiple wheels on it. Like it can do like shredded cheese or vegetables or whatever you want, but it's got like maybe three or four different settings. And that definitely stepped them on the game because I was making pizza for a bit. So like it's way okay. better to use whole block mozzarella because it, it melts better than yeah, yeah, yeah. Than the frozen yeah. stuff because it doesn't have the cellulose in it and stuff, you know, right. the shredded stuff. So, like, I don't use it all the time, but when I need it, it definitely is worth it. So when you I bought my, I bought my KitchenAid because uh, I would never go pay full price for that. A few <laughs> years ago, found one on Craigslist. I paid ninety bucks for some lady. She's like, I used it once. I was like. She dropped two hundred fifty something dollars on it, used it once, and I bought it basically new for ninety bucks. We might have covered that in a used and amused episode. <laughs> yeah, probably did. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man, we missed the boat on that. That was uh, that was our golden ticket. Yeah, used and amused. Oh uh, man, spinoff. Um, hey, wait. So listen, when you make ground beef, what do you? I'm sure there's there's like recipes out there. You just follow them. What are you talking about with the mix, the blend? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah like I like Bobby Flay. He's got a recommendation for what he likes to mix. You know, like we like eighty percent chuck or whatever. You know, like you can just make up whatever you want. You know, go to the store and pick out a few different cuts or whatever. <laughs> as long as you get stuff that's got like a combination of good like marbling. Yeah. You know, to, to cut it a little bit, you know, and to, you know, give it some juiciness, you know. Do you ever throw in like the the trimmings from like a brisket or anything like I that? I haven't done that. I have not done that. Uh, I mean, I've only, I, I've done, I've used like brisket cuts in the store, but not yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, that actually brisket. I don't remember what Fredo's blend was, but brisket was one part of his blend. Okay. When we only did down there. You taking notes? Yeah, I'm looking up meat grinders. 
Yeah. It just seems like something you would have. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. You got a hand grinder, man. An old school one. Uh, so let's see here. On. <laughs> uh, let's see. On meat grinder and stu- and sausage stuffer. Uh, I did get the sausage. I haven't made sausage yet, but I did get the little attachment to, to, to stuff the sausage. <laughs> 25 bucks at Home Depot. And that's just a standalone thing? Yeah, manual clips to the You should for 25 bucks, you should go try that thing out. All right. I mean, then they go all the way up to to, you know, 1700 bucks at Restaurant Depot. My philosophy on stuff like that is like anything new, you might as well try the entry level one, the cheapest yeah. option. Because what if you're like, oh, this is a pain in the ass, you know? And you're stuck with a $500. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. <laughs> I will tell you this. I had a um, um, a little bit of crisis of commerce over Christmas time. And um, I wanted to buy a um, espresso machine. Okay. And I know that you had the... Oh, yeah. I remember you texting me about it. What is it called? The It's not a neti pot, because that's what you... Uh, the, the Bialetti mocha pot. Bio, the mocha pot, right. Yes. right. Um, so there's... To make espresso is a, is a, is a technical specification that you need to meet in order for it to technically be espresso. Yeah. It has to do with something about bars and units of pressure. And, yeah, and technically you're not getting true espresso at the Bialetti pots. Right. Yeah. But I had done a little research and I know that you had had one and, and I wanted to see like what, what my options were. I didn't want to get a cheap fake automatic espresso. Fake yeah. espresso machine. I, re- I think I recall you saying this. You wanted to get into it before you plunged into the expense of espresso machine. You wanted to see if it would be a part of your life anyway. Right? Yeah. And, and that was the that was the the rationale you gave me, and it was the best advice. You, you, <laughs> you came through because um, it's great. I use it all the time, and yeah. I'm not missing anything. Yeah. The key to the transaction was I got a, obviously you need to heat the milk or steam the milk. Yeah. You got the frother and stuff. I milk, got the frother. Like the wand thing. Um, it, so, so this one is, is, um, so what I did was I came down on the, um, on the espresso maker tool okay. and I went up on the frother. So okay. I have like a little pitcher that sits on a, a contraption and, and froths yeah. the, the milk. So I use that in my regular coffee just to heat the milk. Okay. That must be like the one we have an espresso machine at the office. And it's got a little thing attachment to it like that. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. Froth yeah. the milk. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it was great. And that was the perfect um, example of go entry level, see if you'd like it. Yeah. And you're, you know, you got your bases covered. And as much as I like the espresso and, and the, and the, and the lattes, I probably am not going to upgrade. 
because yeah. the 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 pot's getting the job done. Yeah, John. And what do you use? What type of uh, coffee are you using? I do use espresso beans. Yeah, I'm about to say you grind your own, or um, or you buy like. So. Yes. So all right. So guess what? <laughs> for caffeinated, I grind my own. Okay. For decaf, so if I'm gonna have one late in the day, I I, I do decaf because I get all jazzed up on caffeine. Yeah, yeah, I got you. So um I just bought you know um pre-ground decaffeinated. Okay. Yeah, I mean I have I, I drink these Latin brands, Cafe Bustello, yeah. And during the week, that's what I use. You know, on the weekends, I grind. That's another thing I stepped up recently. So um, I only am able to make coffee two ways in my house. It's with the mocha pots, which I have two. One, The one I used on the week is the smaller one, you know, and then the one like I use today, it's probably twice as much as that one, you know, because it's like the weekend. You know, get me through the whole day, you know, <laughs> as opposed to the weekday when you like to nod off a little bit in the afternoon. <laughs> yes. Well, we don't have time to sit here and enjoy a couple of cups of coffee. I mean, I, when I go in the week, I take it in um, an insulated cup. So it stays warm for a long time because it takes me a few hours to drink, a, you know, the coffee. And it's yeah. fine because it's so strong anyway, you know. Right. But um and then I use a French press too on the weekends. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. So a while back, you know, I used a couple of years ago, I used to buy the pre ground beans. I still do it for the espresso during the week because it's just easier because I'm, yeah, yeah, you know, in the morning just trying to get stuff on. But I had a little, I had a little grinder, but it was a little blade grinder. But I was like, I really need to get a burr grinder. But it was one of those things like, you know, because everything I read, it's like you need a burr grinder. You're not going to get as good a grounds with the blade as you do with the burr grinder. I'm like, can't justify dropping a hundred fucking dollars on a coffee grinder, you know? Right. Well, back in December, I switched my internet to AT&T fiber, which is awesome because I now I have, you know, I have the AT&T 1000, you know, which technically, which... In practicality, it's 500 each way, you know, yeah. even though it's called a thousand. They're like, you're never going to get as fast as that, but it's fucking way better than I have with the cable company. It's not that much more. Yeah. But one of their inducements was they send you a, a visa card for a hundred bucks. And I was like, oh. fuck it. This is free money. <laughs> so I went and got a friggin' nice bird grinder at Bed Bath & Beyond like two months ago. And that is... That thing is awesome. You know, like you can set it, you can do espresso grind, you can do the coarse grind for the uh for the French press, you know. And this morning that's what I, I did. I had my espresso beans, freaking ground up my espresso and freaking like that was that's definitely one of the indulgences I'm happy that I've been able to, to partake in. It's the little things. Did you go with the OXO conical burr coffee grinder? Yes, I did. <laughs> I believe that's the one I have because there was a couple of them. I think debating whether that one, the the Capresso or whatever it is. I know I didn't get that one. And then the KitchenAid. But yeah, I went with the OXO. It's a good grinder. Nice. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan. of. I'm an OXO fan. 
Yeah, yeah. They have really good stuff, you know. They make the best. They make a lot of really good stuff, you know. All right. So I'm I'm in on the on the manual meat grinder. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be all in. Seems right up your alley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the um, pork burgers, man. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say I can probably also make those mincemeat pies. Yeah, that I made over the uh, uh, over the holidays, which were which were they were fun to make. They weren't so good, but um, I learned some stuff, and I'll do them better next time. But um, just don't become Sweeney Todd or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, let's, uh, we got a couple things to cover here. First big announcement. Number one, you want the biggest announcement or or do you want like the, the lead in announcement? Give me the lead in announcement. I, I almost feel like I know what this biggest announcement is going to be, but go on. All right. Um, I'm going to be disappointed if it's not. I'm officially a Keanu Reeves fan now. Oh, how is that not the biggest announcement? <laughs> I will be watching Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and moving my way through his, <laughs> his whole catalog. His whole catalog. Because in a time where Congeniality, where a time of sincerity yes. is at a premium. I've got no more room in my heart for hate. Yeah. <laughs> and because of that, I've taken off my blinders and realized uh, that he has zero room in his heart for hate. Yeah. I mean, everything I read, Keanu Reeves it seems like a really good dude. And now that I've allowed myself to, um, to you know, to to accept Keanu Reeves into my life, um, I catch more and more of him being Keanu Reeves, and it's 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 heartwarming. Yeah, it's touching. Yeah, he was down here a while back making a movie, and you know, he spotted about town just doing Keanu Reeves stuff, just being a good dude, you know? Yeah. Just being a regular old person, you know? <laughs> like, he's he seems like a really humble dude for a major movie star. Yes, exactly. You know, exactly. which is rare, you know? Like, I'm sure you've seen that meme about him sitting on the, the bus stop bench or whatever. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, that's Keanu for you, man. And there's dozens examples of that. Which... Have you ever seen the movie Keanu? No. The Key and Peele movie with, with, the, with cat the cat, Keanu. Yes, yes. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> he did the cat's voice. He voiced Keanu. the cat, right? <laughs> yes. Even, you know, because they got in touch. Like we got the cat named Keanu, and he's like, "Yeah, sure, I'll do it." And it's like any dude with that good of a sense of humor <laughs> that he's gonna do a meow. <laughs> that's it. That's a perfect example. Yes, He's, that's the perfect example of Keanu being Keanu. Have you not seen Bill and Ted's yet? No, no. Oh God, the only Keanu defines so much in my life, and it defines one particular year specifically, and always brings me back to a super happy place. Were we in high school? No, I was in seventh grade. Right before yeah. I, it was the last 
in the way it worked down here, seventh grade was the last year. I was at my grade school before moving on to my high school because I okay. was through 12. And I remember that movie coming out. I remember going to see Lean on Me because we wanted to go see it again. I was like, well, let's buy it. Let's go see another movie and then we could sneak into it because <laughs> let's not spend money on the same movie. So we went and saw Lean on Me, like, you know, like on a Friday night. And then, wait, and then when Lean on Me ended, waited in the, um, you know, like the movie Plex where you go in, you got the entry to all the cinemas, yeah. you know, once you get past. And we just hung out. And then when Dylan <laughs> sets began again, we went in there and watched it again. <laughs> so it's like it always brings me back to a real, you know, because that's kind of the age where you're having the first little bits of freedom. Yeah, yeah, you know? sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. So it always, I own it on DVD. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna dive in. I'm gonna dive in and 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 Have go. You seen full. any of the John Wick movies? No. Yeah, those no. are good. Those are fun. And if you watch and if you see Nobody, there's definitely hints of John Wick mixed in with like the Taken movies. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get a chance to see see Nobody, but yeah, I mean, my... we 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 had this discussion yesterday, right? <laughs> right. Everything's right. moving so fast. Yeah. I didn't exactly. figure you had watched it last night. <laughs> Um, Christopher and, Lloyd's in that movie too. So, oh, is he really? So you know, it's good. All right, yes. I'm in. I didn't even know he was in it, so I went to see it. I might see that tonight. I might check that out tonight if I don't watch. Bill I mean, it's violent, but it's but it's like a dark comedy too. You know. All right. I just want to give you because I don't know what Bernie feels yeah. about stuff like that. Yeah, no, 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 no. I saw the I saw the the uh, the trailers for it. Yeah. Um. So that brings me to my big announcement. Yes. And and this is something I'm I'm actually proud of myself. This is America's sweetheart. And I come at it with a clear heart <laughs> and a and and a clear mind. <laughs> I am now a Simone Biles fan. Finally, it only took you eight <laughs> years. <laughs> or nine years, I guess, at this point. Since we oh. used the Olympics last year, and this will be a third big Olympics. I'm a Simone Biles fan. She's America's sweetheart, man. If you remember, if you remember. Can I just throw in a little aside? Yeah, go ahead. You know, before I recalled what you were texting me about, I was like, is this motherfucker going to tell me he's getting married? Like, that's the way I hear about it. <laughs> no, this is bigger than that. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. I mean, I I know we've had multiple episodes where you talked about your disdain for Simone Biles. <laughs> this is this is personal growth. This okay. is this is me reflecting. This is me being self aware, and this is me changing. So tell and, me about the road. That you took does it involve the congen- sense of congeniality? A, a little bit. The Keanu brought me down this road. All right, so Keanu was the entry. Yes. Yes. But it was a much bigger leap to go from my past existence to where I am now with Simone Biles than it was for Keanu. Yeah. And if you remember my original. My original beef 
with Simone Biles was probably a combination of media portrayal yeah and and her capitalizing on that portrayal right and she lived a very um very ingenue existence right she was a a a gymnastic star from early on and she was about her life since was that really kind of a sad story yes Yes, right. Her brother is a friggin' murderer or whatever. What? And and, and her she had a, diff- was a drug addict, you know. And she was raised by the grandparents. Yeah. But the way the media would portray her was, you know, oh, she's just like any teen. Yeah. Um, she argues with her grandparents about chores and blah 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 blah. Meanwhile, she was nineteen. Yeah. Well, they always like to do that with it's. Figure skaters and gymnasts. They like to infantilize the female yes. You know, yes. gymnasts and figure skaters. You Be- know, it's like it's it's a weird thing. It's very weird the way the media does that. Now, if the media had focused on all she had overcome, right? Yeah. And she bought into that portrayal of, you know, I'm stronger than the rest, I'm bigger than the rest. Yep. I might have landed a little softer in yeah. Karen Biles, but the media portrayed her as this, you know, like you said, they 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 like to portray this vision of especially gymnasts and, and figure skaters. But my issue was that she bought into it, right? Yeah. And 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 branded herself in that manner. So that rubbed me the wrong way. And then when it came time for the um, for the Olympics, the Summer Olympics, she was further perpetuating that um, that perception of her as not being able to make her own decisions and and whatnot, yeah. and didn't you know commit, and she needed to talk to her team, and you know buying into the whole brand component. Yeah. As opposed to just being the world's best female athlete. Yep. Yep. I don't know. Again, I don't know if my if my antenna went up, if I'm receiving different messages, if I'm processing them different, or if she has changed. Because recently she dropped Nike yes. and signed with Athleta. Yes, I saw it the other day. Who Reebok owns Athleta, right? Is it Reebok? Uh, no, the Gap. 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 Saw the and Wall Street Journal article. Her, her. Like two days ago, I saw that. Yeah, exactly. This yeah. is uh, this is fresh, man. Yeah. These these are fresh feelings. I like okay. you're, you're give you're getting them. I don't even have a two day. Well, oh, I'm really happy for you because once you get over it. You can really enjoy and appreciate what she does when you see her in competition because she's fucking amazing. And and what she said, I think, will now allow me to enjoy her in competition. And it was, I've changed. I've made a change. Yeah. I, I'm it aligns going out with her ideals, right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. It, it, it supports women's athletes. 
um, it their branding message and their social responsibility. Yeah. And she's going out on her own and she's going to do her own tour outside of USA Gymnastics. And like, to me, that's like what a champion does. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that she's got this backstory that makes her endearing under <laughs> under normal circumstances. She's yeah. now like positioned herself to kind of be the total package. Yeah. You know what's funny about that? Like, it's not the same way I came around on it, but like, you know, my age, the guy that was the big deal, even though I'm not a golfer, but I follow along was Tiger Woods. I really could never stand Tiger Woods. But then a couple of years ago, but then a few years ago, it was like, when he got older, all that shit went down. And it's like, then he became like a sympathetic character because yep. he fucked up in life. Yeah. You know? I mean, I'm not, I don't want people to think I was sympathetic. Well, he brought all of himself. Yes, he fucked up. Yeah. You know? And uh, I was like, well, now you want to see the redemption, you know? Right. Like, he's going to win something. He's just so damn fucking talented he's he's gonna win one of these big tournaments so a couple of years ago when he won the masters in 2019 i think that was that was like awesome for one it's like it's great to see him go from rock bottom and then he had the injuries and stuff to like now being a champion and there's definitely the element to like you know i mean we're gen x you know we're at the point where it's like guys our age aren't going to be winning masters too often anymore you know, like it was a big deal when friggin' Jack Nicholas won it at 46. I remember my dad was 46 at the time. Like that was a huge deal because no one wins the Masters at that age. So it was like the last hurrah for like our generation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Tiger win that. So. And so you're really using that bad accident and like he's all, you know, that accident yeah. and like. They're like, oh, uh, like one of the guys at the office I talked to, Al, who's probably eight or nine years younger than me, he's like, no, he's done. I was like, whatever, he's going to come back and win something, you know? And he's like, why do you think so? I was like, he's like, he's just going to focus on his kid. I was like, because he's going to want to prove himself, you know? I was like, do you know about Ben Hogan? Ben Hogan almost died in a head-to-head accident, like, you know, Paso or some shit, and won a bunch of majors afterwards. It's like. He's that he's gonna want to do it so badly just to prove that he can do it. Yeah, as long as he can walk again. Yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> I don't know what the situation is, but they, but they're not saying he's paralyzed. But it's like now that's what's in my head. Now is like, come on, Tiger, get through this, and a year or two from now, let's see what you got. Because I think he will compete again. You know, because he's gonna want to prove to himself he can do it. You, you, you'll appreciate this with your, your your esoteric bent on on concepts, especially when it comes to uh, literature and, and grammar yeah. in particular, um, that I always appreciated that rise and, and, and fall and redemption of Tiger in the same manner that you're talking about because it resonated with me as an actual tragedy. Yeah, like a, a Shakespearean oh, tragedy. Totally, right? God is the top of the world. You know that just brings all this, basically builds up a house of cards that all comes tumbling down on. And then 
recycles to some type of redemption, which most people forget. Like most people think tragedy and they think just bad shit. Yep. But, but that Shakespearean concept of tragedy always has a reintroduction. And um, it's one of the only things I ever learned in, in, in junior year literature, English lit um, yep. or British lit. So that, that always stuck with me. Speaking of, of, um, of that type of uh, and minute analysis, I can't hear the phrase begs the question Ugh. on yeah. television, Ugh. thanks to you, without yelling, you're using it wrong! Grinds my fucking gears every time I hear it. <laughs> and I hear it frequently, and I hear it said by uttered by intelligent people and i'm like is it so hard to just say raises the question it doesn't make you smart and sound smarter using an incorrect term <laughs> you know i know the way language works is like whatever becomes accepted that's what it means now but right. still, fuck that i'm gonna use raises the question yes instead of begs the question even though it's it's accepted now just because just because they'll accept words like irregardless doesn't mean I think it makes you sound smart to say it. Right. I'm right. still gonna if you use irregardless, I'm still gonna be like immediately discount you as a moron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's and great. who was that 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 Josh Hawley guy? You know, he was yeah. up in front of the Senate or whatever a couple of months ago and he was and he used the term irregardless. It's like this asshole's out there with his Ivy League degrees and all this shit acting like he's so much smarter than everybody else and you're using the term irregardless. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and herein ended the lesson. Yes. And um but like back to the tiger thing. So one of the reasons why I couldn't stand Tiger is because he was dominant. I'm yeah. always a guy I grew up rooting for the fucking Saints and Friggin', I root for losers, man. It's like, I don't want to root for the dominant team. Our nemesis was the Niners growing up. Shit like that. It's like, I never root for the dominant team. It's just sometimes if I get lucky, my team becomes the dominant team, but I've never rooted for a team that's been the dominant team. Right. You know? I mean, even right. the Saints are as good as they've been for all these years. They won one title, and that was more than 10 years ago now. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like Syracuse, as good of a basketball program there. One title. You know, it's like. I don't want to. I don't want to root for the powerhouse. Right. You know. Right. I want the team that's fucking scrapping and scrimping, and finally, when they win it, it's like, yes, like it means so much more. You know. Yeah. You know much more. It's like the first Patriots Super Bowl. How much bigger of a deal that was than the fucking sixth one. <laughs> yeah. That's when I started to get into uh, Premier League soccer. I took a, a quiz and they're like, well, you're just introducing yourself to English League soccer. Um, you're wondering what team to root for. Take this quiz. And the first question they ask you is, what do you like better, blue or red? Because the overwhelming majority of, of English teams are either a blue team or a red man team. Man City's blue, man use red, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> and the second question is, where do you feel most comfortable? Front running with with powerhouse teams? Yep. Um, self-loathing 
on the brink of extinction every year <laughs> or somewhere just below the radar where you can enjoy the opportunities to cheer without the expectations of the, and the pressures of being a top tier team. Yeah. I, I ended up for a couple of reasons um, in addition to that, but primarily because of that, an Everton football club fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're a blue team who finishes somewhere between six um, and 12. The goalie Howard played for, right? And that was primarily what made those games interesting to watch. Yeah, the Americans Um, being a goal. But they they end up middle of the table every year, 6 to 12, you know? And it's funny that you're bringing up the EPL because I always think of like the stereotypical fan. Like who likes all the front runners? They're gonna like the Yankees in baseball. Yep. The Cowboys in football. The Lakers in basketball. Uh, Duke basketball for college, and like Notre Dame in football. And I add to that: if they like EPL, they're what they're rooting for. Man, you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Without a doubt. Like if you go take the guy in Iowa who's a fan of all those sports, those are the teams he's most likely rooting for. There's a um, uh, kind of on that on that note. There's a guy in this area who is, oh, and I feel so bad about this, but but uh, in the spirit of the podcast, I'm going to reveal it. Um, he he's a local guy. Um, he's tied. To, he's to, what'd you say? He's the Unabomber. <laughs> That's the podcast. Got to blow his cover. <laughs> he um, he's a local guy. He was he's probably in his thirties. Um, he was a baseball player at Iona. Okay, and he got diagnosed right around the same time as uh, Pete Frades, the yeah. dude from Boston. Yep, and they kind of co-own the ice bucket challenge although from everything i've seen and read pete frady's and that boston crew really made that thing take off yeah it seemed to be like i never even knew about the guy you're talking about it was seemed to be really centered around the ice bucket thing seemed to be really centered around the pete frady's because he was a Boston college baseball player, because he had a tie to the Red Sox. Yeah. Just that whole community up there is, you know, is ripe for that type of engagement. Yep. But at around the same time, this other dude, Pat Flynn is his name, um, okay. or Pat Quinn. Um, and you he, do the ALS walks, right? When you were doing the marketing thing. Yeah. 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 So this is how I became, I became aware of him. And he is, to be honest, I don't know if he's still alive um, because I've kind of lost touch with that whole scene since the pandemic. But um, he was the uh, the the New York metro area figurehead of awareness. Yeah, especially because his tie to the the ice bucket challenge he raised a ton of money he raised awareness like like he went out there. here steve gleason yes okay yeah. so these guys these guys if if steve gleason is you know one and one a these yeah. guys are like 
B one and B two. Like they're a little side. I just saw that Steve McMichael. You remember him from the Bears? Yes. Yeah. Diagnosed with ALS. I saw week. that. Yeah. Um. So these guys are are local, regional, level type. Yeah. Uh, advocates, and Quinn is has done, you know, a remarkable job bringing awareness accepting like that this is what his life is yep. um has obviously dedicated he and his family and his friends which are no num- number of hundreds of people yep. have devoted uh you know hundreds of thousands of dollars in fundraising to, to find a cure for als but <laughs> uh, i can't take him seriously because everything he does revolves around uh unc tar heels basketball (laughs) right it's like you know had the powder blues on today um you know go tar heels and he's Um, one of those unc fans who's got no connection to the university at all right how how why like you you have your own school it's iona you were yeah. an athlete at Iona. I understand and they don't go Rick to the, Pitino is your basketball coach. <laughs> and they don't go to the tournament every year, but that's what makes it more special. And you yes. know what? If that was important to you, you should have gone to a bigger school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't give that guy a break. <laughs> <laughs> like I said. Like I said, I feel horrible about it. (laughs) I feel horrible about it, but I just can't get over it. You know what I was thinking earlier? The the quote when we were talking about, like, Tiger and stuff, you know, the quote, um, show me a hero and I'll write you a tragedy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I just wanted to bring it up because I wanted to say it at the time, but I couldn't, it wasn't wrapped in my mind. I was like, That's okay. I can edit it. I'll just cut yeah. it and I'll put it back. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Let's, I, um, I get what you're saying. It's like, you know, but that's even better that you have a problem with him because that's more humanizing, you know, to actually be like, yeah, man, I'm with your cause, but that annoys the hell out of me. Yes. Yeah. Basketball <laughs> fan. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to discriminate. I'm yeah. telling you how it is, Pat. I'm a front-running bullshit. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, let's annoying as being a Duke basketball fan, though. N- not as annoying. I uh, agree, hundred percent, hundred percent. All right, let's get into the uh, business at hand. The ninety-third running of the Academy Awards. Yes. Of which I have seen zero movies. Not only on the list, I want to say zero new releases. Okay. Since last year. I've seen one new release. Well, I saw, uh, I guess, technically a new release since it's on stuff that only streams, basically. Like nothing from this list. No, no, I've seen, sorry, one movie. On, I've seen two. All right, let me think. So I saw, I watched the movie on Netflix. What is it called? Bad Trip with uh, Eric Andre, which they do like a sort of like a Borat type of movie where they got the plot worked in. And it's Tiffany Haddish, 
Sky Lowrell and Eric Andre. They have a plot that's playing out, but everybody else in the movie doesn't know they're in a movie. Okay. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, and they go yeah. from Florida to New York. You know, it's that shit was actually really funny. Um, now, I'm but, thinking maybe a Netflix release snuck in. Not necessarily a, a an Academy Award nominated movie, but oh, you know what? Okay, I did. I saw uh, I Care a lot. Uh, I haven't seen that. Roseman Pike. Yeah, like people were telling me how great it is. But if you <laughs> if you dislike her, both as a as an actress and the characters that she's traditionally played. Um, this movie will do nothing <laughs> to change that because she plays an absolutely despicable person, but she's great at it. And I think that's her thing. I probably would have been more inclined to see more movies had they been in theaters. I don't really enjoy sitting here watching movies at home as much as I enjoy the movie going experience. All right. So we've movies have been if not a central theme, at least a reoccurring, <clears throat> a reoccurring theme in the, in the lifespan of the two sorry excuses yes. universe. Um, and I enjoy, I don't know what I enjoy more traditionally, historically, whether I enjoy movies or I enjoy the idea of movies. I like the experience. I like going to the theater. I like popcorn. Yeah. Um, I like the new movie experience where you can reserve your seat. Yeah. And, that's and, great. and control your experience a little more. I thought that maybe I would have gone to more movies if absent the pandemic, if that, was the standard operating procedure, but movies were not something that maybe they were on my top three potential social activities to do in yeah. a given day. And, but they were always number three. Okay. So I would go to very few movies in a year. I'd see all the Star Wars movies and then, you know, a couple other movies um, during the year. You would go with like your, your dad and your brothers to see the Star Wars movies, right? Yes. Yes, yeah. ex exactly. Over that was Christmas like a big time. family outing, right? Yes. Yeah. And um, Bernie always jokes. She's like, well, when we first met, um, I said, well, you know, I I don't really have any expectations. I I would just like somebody to go to see movies with, to go to go to a movie. Yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. And and we've been to one movie together <laughs> in, in the two plus years um, that we've been dating. So um, I like the idea of the movie. Yeah, probably it's a one thing that. I was sad to read last week. It was. Um, so I've only been to California once. That was in 2018 when I went to Los Angeles. Yes. Long yes. time I've ever been out there. But I was like, I love movies. So I'm like, I definitely want to go check out cool movie stuff. So I went to like a movie at the Chinese theater. Yes. Right. Which was awesome as hell. Like, and it was 
blows my mind because there's so many tourists outside. But you go into the movie, there's like the auditorium's huge because it's a classic film palace, you know? Right. And there was like three other people in there, you know. <laughs> Meanwhile, because that's where all the uh, the cement where everybody uh puts uh, their handprints and stuff. Grunman's theater. Yes, yes, yes. The, so so it's a big tourist spot, but, but not too many people actually go see movies in there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like. Yeah, that's cool to see that, but it, to me, it's cooler to go watch a movie in this classic movie house. Right. Know? It's like, that's the cool thing, because for one, it's beautiful, you know, like it's because it's like, you know, it's it's a product of its age, you know, like yeah. back like in the early 1900s or whatever, when they would build these fabulous places. And of course, in Hollywood, they're building the most fabulous movie theaters around. Right. Right. You know? It's classic. Yeah. But then somebody I somebody who I worked with at Poorhouse had hooked me up with this girl who I think had worked at the Poorhouse at one time too, and she was a writer. She was writing for a TV show where they were focusing on that took place in New Orleans, and she wanted to know about New Orleans police. And so this girl hooked her up with me. Um, so we started developing, like you know, just like a little messaging back and forth, you know, because she would ask me questions, you know, what, what do I know about New Orleans, you know, blah, 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 you know, and the show's actually, I haven't even seen it because I don't have showtime, but it's that Brian Cranston show, Your Honor. Okay. I don't know if you've watched it. So, I, you know, before I was heading out there, because this all happened like right before I decided to go out there, I was like, well, good. I know somebody who lives in LA, you know, and I was like, Asking, I'm like, where should I go? Because I was like, I want to go check out Koreatown, get Korean food. And I was telling, she's like, well, what are you going to do out here? I was talking about the movies. She's like, well, you really got to go to the Arclight, which is a theater. It, it was a chain of theaters, but the but the um, flagship one was right in Hollywood. The Arclight there. She's like, that's the one like all the celebrities and people in the industry go to. You know, and it's like you go there and uh, you might even see some famous person sitting next to you in the theater or something. So I'm like, ah, sure. So I went to see a movie at that place, which was the best movie gone experience of my life. Because and, it was classic? Well, no, I mean, it's, it was a new theater, basically. Oh, okay. You know? All like, right. They have the Cinerama Dome outside, which I think is an old thing, you know? But, like, yeah, the Cinerama is old, but the movie theater, the big movie theaters like a new like megaplex type of place but it's um the cinerama dome like it's like if you watch once upon a time in hollywood you'll see it in there and stuff you know okay all right um because it was a classic like hollywood's place but like you go in obviously you you pick your seats you know before you go in but you go in before the movie starts, an usher comes up there and announces what movie, tells you you better turn off your phones and not talk. And then they don't let late stragglers come into the movies once it starts. Nice. So nobody talks. Everybody just enjoys the movie. And I was like, this was the best movie going experience of my life. Well, because California had such strict pandemic enforcement rules, you know, movie theaters haven't been open for like a year out there. And last week they announced they were closed. And I was like, 
I probably was never going to get to the damn Arclight again, but I'm, but it's like, but there goes the best movie theater ever. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was reminded about it because it happened the week before this past week. And I went to the movies this past Saturday and there haven't seen a new movie in a theater in well over a year. And I'm dealing with the people talking behind me. <laughs> and I was like, yep. Yeah. That type of movie theater would never work in this town. <laughs> yeah. So for a combination of things, and, and that being one of them, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I haven't ruled out going to a movie. Okay. Pandemic. You haven't been to any movie theater since the pandemic. No. No, I'm trying to think. Have I done it? This in the summer, I went to an outdoor. Um, I went to an outdoor rooftop bar. Okay, and it was extremely limited. You got to sit at a table for ninety minutes. Like there weren't, there wasn't anybody within twenty feet of you. You wore your mask to the table. Let me ask you one, just one quick. Entry like is the Stone Pony doing like outdoor concerts at all? So um, the Wonder Bar, which is like the sister bar to the Stone Pony, okay, um, it has just started to do shows again. Okay, but, are they outdoor? Like, do they have an outdoor stage set up, or are they actually? Oh, it's indoor? it's indoor, but they've got. Um, They've got like um, cage door, garage doors. Okay. Um, that they, you know, open up so you can kind of stay outside. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Besides that July event that I went to um, last year, I went to an outdoor bar um, for the first time a couple weeks ago to sit outside and Bernie had some friends in town. Um, and they also wanted like an outdoor place. So we went there for like 60 minutes and that was it. Um, 60 minutes is the limit. Yeah. Basically they were going to let you stay a little longer, but it was one of these places you could bring your dogs. Okay. So they had a cutoff for the dogs. Um, the Stone Pony is is open for summer shows, but it's real limited. Okay. Um, it's disappointing. And besides those two outings, so it's been a, a full year. I think I've had two outings. I, I haven't had any other any other public venue. Hmm. So. I was thinking, what would I reintroduce? What degree, and at what time frame? And yeah. I started with things that I won't do. I think ever again. Just, okay. be just because not only my comfort level, but now because of my consciousness of like public space. And sharing not only physical space, but but things and bowling. 
I will never go bowling again. Really? Like the risk to reward ratio is just too high and not even COVID related. One of the things that I've loved about quarantine and mask wearing and social distancing is I haven't had a common cold in 15, 16 months. Like, and I love it. And it's because I wear a mask wherever I go. It's because I'm cognizant of washing my hands and, you know, not, I got rid of handshaking. I'm a fist bumper. (laughs) I always hated shaking hands anyway, because I have sweaty hands and my hands are small and I don't have a very good grip. So I've, I've loved that now I have a socially. I have a feeling you're going to become like Howard Hughes walking <laughs> around your house in Kleenex boxes and shooting. <laughs> <laughs> um, everything you see is covered in germs. <laughs> I have tickets to um, the See Here Now Festival, which uh, is like a beach concert in Asbury Park. It's basically like a Lollapalooza kind of thing. Yeah. The headliners last year were supposed to be Pearl Jam and Smashing Pumpkins. Okay. So it's pretty big. Pretty big yeah, show. Obviously. Yeah. Um, big the Gen X crowd, huh? It got, it, it got canceled and pushed yeah. back to this year. So I have the tickets because they rolled the tickets over and they're pretty expensive. I think there might be like... I don't know. It's like a three day event. I think each ticket might be 250 bucks or something. Or like for the whole three days. Total. Okay. Total. And you pay aside. This is supposed to be the first weekend of jazz fest right now. Oh, so what they do. They're doing it in October. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's very weird, you know? So I am am banking on the fact that it's going to be in September. Okay. I'm vaccinated, and by that point, they should have figured out if we're going to need booster shots or or whatever, and that it's outdoors on a beach, yeah. And I can control as many of the variables as possible. I can sit in the back. I can sit on the beach. I can kind of move my way into a comfort zone. So I think I'd be willing to do that. I'm probably not willing to go see a Yankee game. Yeah. With all that entails, because it's a pain in the ass to go see the Yankees anyway. I mean, other than the pain in the ass of going to the actual stadium, having to go into the city and do all that. So maybe I would go to a Phillies game because that's a little easier to navigate. Okay. So I've got bowling on one hand, which is an absolute. And that's about a cleanliness issue. And it's not really about COVID because COVID almost cannot even pass through surfaces. Correct. It's, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's only, I have a now, I have a plane of consciousness that yeah. exists before COVID. And like, I'm not going and putting on other people's shoes and, and rolling a ball that hundreds of people. You just want to be cleaner anyway. Yes. Yeah, I got so, it, I don't, I'm not that good of a bowler. It doesn't bring me that much joy. Skip it. Yeah. I love music. This is the Marie Kondo. If we're going to talk about shit that's been popular in the pandemic, the, Marie, the clutter lady. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If it brings you, if it doesn't bring you joy, get rid of it. Exactly. 
So this is this brings me back to to the point at hand is is movies. I I don't miss the experience enough to go outside of my comfort zone to bring it back into my life. But I'm not anti movie experience. Yeah. Right? So if you're like, hey, guess what, dude? I just joined a bowling league. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Did you you bought your own ball and, and shoes and shit? And you're like, no, no, man. I'm just going to use the alley balls. It's all good. I'd be like, oh, all right. Well, have fun on that, man. Um, that's cool. And if you were like, oh, I'm going to Jazz Fest, I'd be like, oh, that's awesome. That's, that's going to be cool, you know? Yeah. Because that's in my value. Yeah, Outdoor music festival. Yeah, right. I, I consider that value. Movies in the movie theater. <laughs> I was lukewarm on it to begin with. I enjoyed it. I liked it. But is the juice worth the squeeze? Yep. So I don't know. I don't know. And the fact that I've only watched two movies while home streaming, you know, kind of lends me to believe that I didn't miss the cinematic experience. This is what I'll say about, so my movie gun experience is opinion. I did start going to the theater again, but nothing new. I went to see classic movies. I went, saw a labyrinth one night with somebody, you know, um, took my dad to see Rocky because they were, you know, AMC was showing all these classic movies, you know? Right. And I was like, I've never seen Rocky on the big screen. I was like, I knew my dad loved Rocky. So we went to see it, you know, and my dad's up there in age, so I want to do stuff with him, even yeah. though he's a pain in the ass, you know? <laughs> and uh, I went and saw Empire Strikes Back because they had that because it was the 40th anniversary of Empire. I'm like, oh, awesome, because I know I went to see that movie when I was like four, but... I was too damn young to actually remember how awesome it was on the big screen. Right. And I'm trying to think what else. I went to see Airplane, you know, because that was the 40th anniversary. I went to see it for its 30th anniversary re-release. It's a movie I love, you know. But then we had a fantasy football draft in the league I am in with Jordan and his and his buddies, you know. And one of the guys in the league is a bartender at this bar, that wasn't open, obviously, because nothing was – no bars in the city in New Orleans were open back then. Right. In September. But he was giving – he was giving use of the bar, which was a good thing because it was like it's big enough that we can all be socially distanced. You know, the 10 guys in the league. Yeah. That were there, you know? So we all had plenty of space around us, you know? And um, – and – that was cool. And then like two days later, one of the guys at the draft was like, hey, man, I tested positive for COVID. <laughs> and I was like, motherfucker. Well, and it's like, I remember him coming up and talking to me a few times, you know, because guys, of course, were talking to each other. Yeah. I mean, if we were carrying those like watches or whatever devices that 
keep track of your close contacts. We might not technically have close contacts, you know, yeah. because I think those things, it's like 15 minutes of, of being within six feet of somebody's considered close contacts. Right. You know, but, but I was like, motherfucker. And I was like, I got a quarantine now, you know? So I called the guys in the office, like I'm quarantined for the next couple of weeks, seven to 10 days or whatever the hell it is, you know? Right. And I went and got a test and I didn't test, I tested negative, but it really took out the steam on doing shit. Cause I'm like, people like this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so like last Saturday, you know, because I was like, I want to go to the movies. Uh, well, even before last night, because let me bring this up since we're going to get into the Oscar picks. So a couple of months ago, I'm like, I would like to go see a movie at the movie theater because I knew movies, movie theaters are basically safe spaces because they're so big. Yeah. You know, a theater's big. There's plenty of ventilation. You know, I mean, the ceiling's freaking 20 feet above your head. Right. Or whatever. You know, it's not, you're not in a cramped, like, (laughs) a cramped little space, like a little hole in the wall bar or something, you know, which is where I would not go hang out. Um, And I start looking at all the movies available in the theater. I'm like, holy fuck, there's nothing that's just fun to go see. Nothing that's just cool. Everything has to send a message. You know, and I was like, and if it's anything that that might be somewhat fun, it's geared towards children, like the Tom and Jerry movie or something. Everything's got some social justice component, some message they're sending. I was like, please just give me a fucking comedy or something. Yeah. (laughs) So I, you know, so when I saw that that Nobody movie was coming out, I I definitely put my eyes on wanting to see that because I loved Bob Odenkirk. You know, Bob Odenkirk is hilarious. And I, did you watch Mr. Show back in the 90s with Bob? Enough, David? enough like, to, to know. Yeah. yeah. The transformation of Bob Odenkirk from absurdist comedian to like a dude in this movie. I was like, I gotta go see that. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what got me to the movies again. But the funny thing is, like, uh, like this is how I feel about the movies. I'm like, just this is. And then, like, that's been a thing Bill Maher's been harping on the past few weeks is about is about how fucking terrible the movies are that are nominated for Oscars. They all are designed to make you feel bad about yourself. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, good, I'm not the only person who's like, where the fuck are the good movies? You know? So that's why I watched Bad Trip, because I was like, oh, a comedy. And it was funny, you know, on Netflix. Um, and... Went to see Nobody. I didn't feel like there was any message behind it. It was a good, fun movie. You know, it's just like, just give me something else. Other, than, I'm looking at the Oscar nominations right now. None of this shit makes me want to be like, oh, I'm going to watch a movie tonight. It all says, you'll fall asleep. <laughs> I mean, I tried to watch Judas and the Black Messiah, which probably it might be the best one of these movies, the most watchable one. Because it was like the, because um, I have HBO Max and and they were like, oh, it's going away on Saturday, but I had to do something on the. Oh, I was going to be out of town for a fantasy draft, baseball. And I was like, oh, well, I better try to shoehorn it in. So I started trying to watch it one night, but it was late. I had worked all day and couldn't make it through. I was like, all right, well, 
I'm not going to see that, you know? And that's as close as I got to see in any movie on this list. <laughs> All right, so explain to me how are they doing Oscar-eligible nominations? What do you mean? Like how they're going to be doing the Oscar ceremonies itself? No, no. How do, how do you become eligible for, for an See, award? I don't know if they waive the requirement to be released in the theater this year. So that used to be a requirement. Yeah, I think it needs to be released. And I think it actually needs to have theatrical release. Okay. Now, it didn't matter. There's probably some minimum standard, like 100 screens. Yeah, like that Roma movie was a Netflix movie, but I know it was in the theaters very briefly. And and they probably put it in the theaters just to qualify for the Yeah. Okay. And I don't know if they waived that this year, but most of these movies on here, you know, if anybody saw them, 95% of the people that saw them were probably through streaming services. And the big the, the big um, studios, right, all have some type of streaming service or a connection to a streaming service. Yes. And now the big studios are like Netflix and Amazon, you know? Right. Okay. Yeah. So I'm seeing a lot of that, right? I'm seeing a lot of... Released in theaters, opens March, you know, you know, 31st, but um, available on HBO Max as well. Yeah. And what they do apparently is they'll run on HBO, like that's what we're choosing in Black Messiah. It was simultaneously released in the theater in, H- in HBO Max. And then after a certain amount of time, it leaves HBO Max where you can watch it, but then you got to pay for it or something, I think, you know? It leaves HBO Max itself. And okay. You can go see it in the theater, you know? Okay. And uh, like right now, Godzilla versus Kong, which is something I'd go see, but that's a movie to me. That's something I should go see in a big screen, not at my home. Okay. So that's, that's funny that you mentioned that. So I've been working my way up to that. I went and watched um, all of the Kong Skull movie. Island and the, and the and, Godzilla movie. Yeah. And a Godzilla movie. Is there only two? It was yeah. Those are the. I think it was just one Godzilla movie and the Kong Skull Island. Now they're together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So, see, I watched both of those at home. Okay. On, on rental and streaming. Yeah, which is fine because you. I mean, if you're trying to catch up to get into the other one, it's not like you can go run out of theater. Right. <laughs> well, AMC is renting out their theaters. <laughs> I think I did that with the idea of going to see. Okay. Kong and Godzilla in because that's the type of thing that needs to be seen. Correct. Yes, I would. I would go see that in IMAX. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd spend the forty bucks or whatever it is these days to go see an IMAX movie. You know, in four D, four K, whatever. Um, So that's something that I'm. I'm not totally out. Yep. I've still got one one toe. Um, you know, maybe like what what are you know, they say you go see action movies in, in theaters. Yeah. You know, the next Star Wars, the next uh Marvel. Yeah. I mean, that's why they still haven't released that James Bond movie. You remember it was supposed to be released last year. Right. But like they don't want to release a James Bond movie on TV. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Bond movies meant to be seen on the big screen. So, um, 
he, usually we'll work our way up to the to the um, best picture. Yes. Right. But since we've seen none of these, <laughs> what do you say we we focus solely on the big picture, uh, on 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 the best picture? Yeah. And here's how we'll do it. Sure. Is you give me the nominees, and I will tell you, having know nothing about any of these movies, the titles are even foreign to me. I will tell you what I believe the synopsis of the movie is based on the title. I, and then once we have we have determined that we'll pick we'll pick a winner. All right, and okay. can we kind of do this kind of efficiently? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Since we're entering the second hour. Correct. We're, we're entering the second hour. And I really had my eyes on going out and grabbing some seafood. So we will focus solely on, on the best picture. Best picture, all four acting awards. Uh, let's do international since, since I would like to talk about one of the movies. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, you want to do documentary subject? Because I know we do documentary subject. We do, we do, do documentary. Um, Whole yeah. form documentary, not short form. Not short subject. Feature documentaries. Okay. All right. Very good. But I'll only give you my my synopsis for the best picture. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Let me, let me, I'm trying to find best picture here. Uh, all right. Here we go. Best picture. I believe there are eight nominees. Okay. I'll yes. give you a one-sentence synopsis on on the movie based on the title, and then I will tell you which movie I think will win. Nominees for Best Picture are The Father. Okay. The Father is the story of a mother who raises a fatherless child. Okay. No, but that's fine. It's like a... I think it's Anthony Hopkins has dementia and his daughter's dealing with his decline, you know, as he's near the end of his life. I think it's okay. something like that. Okay. Right. About dementia. All right. Very good. Judas and the Black Messiah. That is about uh, 80s, 1980s uh, Bronx, New York. No, it's about the Black Panthers and this guy that was uh, – I believe Daniel Kaluuya plays the role uh, who becomes like a government with an FBI stool pigeon, basically. Oh, all right. Very good. It is something I, I do want to see it, you know, because it is supposed to be good, even if it is a message movie. Based, all right. based in the, the 60s? Yeah. Okay. 60s, 70s. Yeah. Okay. The next one, Mank. Mank? Yes. Uh, it's Mank. a movie about the Russian mob. No, it is about a guy named Mankiewicz, who is one of the guys that wrote, what was the movie, uh, Citizen Kane, I believe, and about basically inner workings of Hollywood. So, of course, it will be a popular movie with the voters since it's about Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, they love that. All right. Which they love unless it's Quentin Tarantino and they're looking for a reason not to give him his Oscar. Okay. (laughs) Sorry, he got screwed last year. All right. (laughs) 
Minari is our next one. M-I-N-A-R-I. Minari. Uh, that is um, that is a actually a French um, film, foreign subtitle about Formula One. Okay, driver. Uh, it is about a Korean family that moves to a work a farm in Arkansas, I believe. Oh, interesting. Yes. Okay, definitely a movie worth streaming and not going to the theater for. All right. Most of these are, in my opinion. So, right. how many? There's eight on the. Yeah, eight? so we're halfway through so far. So, at the turn, at the turn, I got to give the nod right now to uh, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Okay. Um, next is Nomad Land. That's the movie of Francis McDormand. Oh. Yes. Uh, right. So, I know I actually saw a trailer for that. Oh, okay. um, she goes across country. Uh, does she have a terminal disease? I don't know. I don't really know. I don't. I, I just assume she's like homeless or something, and she's like in an RV or something. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. Promising young woman, which actually did look interesting to me when I saw the preview for before the pandemic began, but I haven't had enough interest to see it since. That interestingly enough is the prequel. Uh, to Julia Roberts' smash hit, Pretty Woman. <laughs> uh, no. Okay. So the young woman is Carrie Mulligan as the star, and I believe it's like showing that, like, basically a movie about how even the nice guys aren't always the nice guys. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yes. A Joe Romano biopic. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sound of Metal. Oh, Sound of Metal is a um is is a movie about an 80s hair metal band. Close. It's about a a heavy metal drummer who's losing his hearing. Okay. All right. All right. Um in the final nomination, Trial of the Chicago 7. Oh, wait a minute. I'll tell you what. I saw that. Ah, oh, you lied. I did. <laughs> I did. Did you um, see it because Aaron Sorkin is an SU grad? Yes. Um, I will tell you what. I enjoyed that. I thoroughly enjoyed that. People tell me it's good. I, it is not an Oscar-worthy movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nothing's really Oscar-worthy. <laughs> am I going to... Am I? I'm gonna guess Sasha Baron Cohen uh, got a Best Supporting Actor nomination. Yes, he got a nomination. Yeah. Um, get to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I, I'm go, I'm going to go. Um, I'm gonna stick with Judas and the Black Messiah. Okay. Well, just to be different, I'm gonna go with Mank. Oh, because of the Hollywood connection. Yeah, it's the most nominated movie this year too. So. Oh, but, okay. Jews and the Black Messiah would be my second pick, you know? And if not, you know, maybe, but I just want to have some diversity in our opinion. I don't want it to be across the board unless it's like something we know for sure is going to like clear. Let's do documentary feature. All right. Because we don't even know about that anyway. Documentary feature. And I have no clue what these are. What I only have a clue what one of them might be about. Okay. All right. 
The nominees are Collective, Crip Camp, The Mole Agent, My Octopus Teacher, and Time. Now I've seen I've seen the title cards for Crip Camp and My Octopus Teacher. Those are both Netflix movies. Yes. And My Octopus Teacher is the one I know of, you know, even though I haven't seen it yet. Intrigued me because I like octopus, but I I I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with with octopus teacher. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that too, just because it's the only one I know. Yeah, and I, I find I I love the taste of octopus. Like when I go to places where <laughs> I have it, it's cool. Like and like when I'm in Italy and I got you know because octopus is a fair you know a common. Yeah, <laughs> food there when you're along the coast. I love to eat it, but I feel guilt about it because I know they're so how smart. smart. Octopus, octopi. Correct. Are, you know? Yes. yes. I always have a. It's the same way how I feel about eating pork because I know how smart pigs are, but I do love pork. So <laughs> this has two things going for it, which I think will 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 garner a win. Is it's either a story about the connection that a human makes with the octopus or it's a story about uh, changing your perception about what an octopus is essentially the don't eat octopus i haven't seen it but I think it might be a blend of both of those concepts. Then there, there you go. That's a winner. Yeah. That's a winner. All right. Two for All two. Right. And let's go to, let's start doing the supporting actors. We'll start with actor in a supporting role. We got Sasha Baron Cohen for Trial of the Chicago 7. Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah. Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night Miami, Paul Racy for Sound of Metal, and Lakeith Stanfield for Judas and the Black Messiah. Who you got? I'm going to go the first Judas and Black Messiah nominee. Yeah, I'm going with Daniel Kaluuya just because everybody's saying he's definitely winning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, the few people I've seen talk about the Oscars – they're like, oh, that's not even an issue. All right. Let's go with actress in the leading role. No, I mean, actress in a supporting role. All right. Maria Bakalova, the Borat in Borat. She was, oh, well, they got the whole title here. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the one that was in the room with Rudy Giuliani. Uh, Glenn Close, Hillbilly Elegy. Olivia Colvin, the father. Amanda Seafried, Mank. Yu Jung Yoon. Minari. And the winner is Amanda Seafried. Okay, Amanda Seafried. I'm going to go with Olivia Coleman. I know the Oscars love her, and I don't know anything. I, it's either that or Glenn Close. I have no clue. I haven't seen any of these. <laughs> what, what you've told me about Mink, I feel like people love Amanda Seafried. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a good guess. I mean, that's a good prediction. You know? Yes. It's like, I don't know who the favorites are this year. You know, it's like, all right. Now let's go to actor 
actor in a leading role. Nominees are Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman, Ms. Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins, The Father, Gary Oldman, Mank, Stephen Yoon, Minari. Who you got? Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, I'm going with Chadwick Boseman because you know why I'm going with Chadwick Boseman? Because he's dead, so I know they're going to give it to him. Posthumously. Yes. Um, if he was alive, it would probably go to Anthony Hopkins. Oh, okay. If he was alive, I would say maybe Gary Oldman. Has Gary Oldman ever won? Didn't he win it for uh, the movie about um, Churchill? Oh, um, our finest hour or darkest hour. Darkest yeah, he, hour. Oh, he won for that? I think he won that one. Yeah. Okay. All right. But but I saw them talk about two categories as I was walking out of the house the other day. Leading actor <laughs> and supporting actor. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I only have any clue. <laughs> but but like he would become the third person to win it posthumously to, to win a, an award. Uh because I think Heath Ledger won one for the Dark Knight movie. Yeah. And then uh, Peter Finch won it for Network, I know. Okay. 70s, which is a great movie if you've ever if you've never seen it. Um I wanna say I saw it. I took a film class. Oh, okay. Not the political fiction film with Frohawk. Yeah, I took that class with Frohawk. Yeah, not that. Yeah, uh, a different one, and I think okay. that was in because we watched Paper Chase. Oh, okay, yeah. was one of the movies. Um, I'm mad as hell, and yes. I'm not going to take it anymore. Yes, 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 yes. Go to your windows. Yes, <laughs> it's a great movie. All right, and now we got actress in a leading role. Nominees are Viola Davis, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Andre Day, The United States versus Billie Holiday. Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman. Frances McDormand, Nomadland. Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. Okay. Those are your nominees. Uh, I, I don't think they give it to Frances McDormand. I don't think they give it to Viola Davis. Personally, I think those are the two in contention. I think it's between those two. I'm going to go Carrie Mulligan, promising. Carrie Mulligan, okay. I see it as a Francis McDormand versus Viola Davis. I'm going with Viola Davis. So I'm going to say that it's a classic split the vote situation. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. That that will move Carrie Mulligan up. Yeah. 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 So I'm going to stick. I'm going to stick Carrie Mulligan. Okay. I'll go with Viola. Okay. Let's see. Let's see what else we got. Uh, we'll do, we'll throw in one extra one. Animated feature film. Ah, I love the old animated feature film. Onward. Over the moon. A Shaun the Sheep movie, Farmageddon, Soul, and Wolf Walkers. 
Christ. Um, I'm going to go wolf, wolf Walkers. Okay. I'm going to go with Soul because it's. The, oh, yeah, Soul. The Pixar movie. Yeah, and Soul. That's the, the winner. Black Pixar movie. Yes, that's the yeah, winner. That one's winning it. Yes, yes right. Yeah, yeah. That's it, it was the biggest animated movie to come out this past year, too. But there's the other symbolic factors to it as well. You know, yeah, hands down. The king of animated movies, and they're finally getting woke. <laughs> yes, hands down. Yeah. All right. And then we're going to my one category, the last category. Well, what? You want to do uh, directing? Uh, no, because I never know what to do with that. Okay. Oh, well, look who's in directing. The nominees are Another Round by Thomas Vinterberg. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Mank, David Fincher, Minari, Lee Isaac Chung. We're doing it anyway. Okay, very good. Nomad Land, Chloe Zhao, and Promising Young Woman, Emerald Fennell. Who you got? Um, I'm going to go with the Minari. Okay. I'm going with Chloe Zhao because I think they're going to want to give it to a female this year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Female person of color. I think that's, right. I think that's the angle they're going because it's a big deal this year that they got – that they have um, – so many female nominees for certain stuff, you know. Okay. All right. I like that's, it. That's my thinking on that. Plus, I know Nomad Lands, even though I have no interest in seeing it. <laughs> All right. And last one international feature film. All right. Nominees are Another Round from Denmark, Better Days from Hong Kong, Collective from Romania, The Man Who Sold His Skin. Tunisia. Hovadis, Aida, Bosnia and Herzegovina. All right. You know nothing about any of these. I know nothing about them. <laughs> now, um, where did we see? Oh, we saw a collective earlier. I was like, what is that? Okay. The only one I know of is the one that I've been trying to sell you on, but I know you will not watch since it's in subtitles. <laughs> but, uh, but it stars my man Mads Mikkelsen, Mikkelsen, who you have probably seen, and you've seen Harry Potter movies and Star Wars movies. I think he was in the last Star Wars movie, or maybe he was in Rogue One. I'm not sure which one he was in. He was one of the bad guy. He was the bad guy in Casino Royale. Yeah, you know, he always plays heavies in American movies. Meanwhile, yeah. in Mark, he gets to play better characters. Right. Right. Yeah. And I actually read an interview with him the other day and he, you know, they were asking about that. He's like, Oh, well, uh, they're like, do you think this will lift you out of ever being? And I saw he's going to be in the new Indiana Jones movie the other day. He's like, no, I have an accent. That's why I'll always be cast as a villain in American movies. (laughs) (laughs) But this movie, he was really good in. And the movie is four guys who are teachers at, a high school in Denmark who are all like at a rut in their lives, you know, and they go out, one of the guys, it's his 40th birthday. So the four guys go out for dinner, you know, and they're all in their forties to fifties. And the guy whose birthday it is, he starts telling about this uh, Norwegian philosopher who, who has this theory that man is born 
with a 0 0.05 blood alcohol content deficit in that if you could maintain your blood alcohol content at 0 0.05 at all times during the day, you'll be way better at your job. You'll be way better. Your life will improve exponentially. Like the goal to be not sober, but not drunk. Okay. 0 0.05 VAC. So they're like, they're like, well, let's do it. You know? And they're like, we'll track it as, you know, we'll do it like a scientific study and chart our results. Well, first stuff's gone well for everybody, but then it, course goes off the rails it's kind of a comedy drama you know stuff happens and it kind of has a nice feel-good ending but they got some funny stuff that goes on like when they end up getting really fucked up but the thing that killed me is like this is the danish high school and it's like completely up and open that all danish high school students get fucked up <laughs> like with like the school administrators and everything you know, I guess the kids are like 18, but it's just known that they party their asses off. <laughs> and the interview I was reading, he was talking about that. He's like, yeah, well, I knew back in my day, you know, like in Denmark, how much freer it is with the drink. And it's like people are getting bombed at 13 years old and stuff like that. Like, it's just completely like it's a different culture, you know? Yeah. I, when I went uh, post Curacao, Reardon and I did a – did a European uh, northern yeah, with the Cristiano or whatever, right? Like that commune area. No, Mike Drew did. We we oh. never made it there. Okay, we, we stayed in Copenhagen, like you know, like downtown. Like okay, off the beaten path. Yeah, and, uh, we met obviously a bunch of Danes. Yeah, and, um, and they were super young and and super fucked up. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's just we start early here. Yes. So um that as a matter of fact, every once in a while I thumb through I thumb through my journal. And and I know you've you've got fish to eat, so I'm not gonna I'm not going to uh to hold you too yeah. too long. But I thumb through my journal every once in a while and I come across my Danish, my Copenhagen night entry. And it is my favorite entry because uh, I went and Reardon wasn't feeling good. Okay. So he went home and I stayed out. Um, and this is, these are my, these are my hints for venturing out alone in Denmark. Uh, sit at the bar closest to the tap, closest to the taps. <laughs> That's where you'll meet the most people. Don't have diarrhea. <laughs> Is that what Mike Rudin had? <laughs> uh, correct. Correct. Um, well, we're airing people's medical histories out <laughs> Um, a perfect mix needed for fun. Music live is best. <laughs> People, not too many, not too few. Yeah. Chicks <laughs> traveling in packs, not in high school, not in nursing home, <laughs> not too dressed up, not too dressed down. 
Um, I should probably start smoking. Basically the Goldilocks uh, recipe. Yes. And then stay away from three in one bars. I don't know. I don't remember what three in one and three in one bars are, but I ended up at this place called the Viking house. I, 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 I went to a bunch of different places and uh, I ended up at this place at the Viking house and I met a bartender. I met a couple locals and they, you know, being an American traveling abroad, they, they took to me and, and their names, I wrote their names down. Maisie. She was born on the 4th of July. Uh, yeah, right. yeah. What's that? But you, these are Danes, right? Danes. Yes. She was born on the 4th of July. July. <laughs> Yale. Um, <laughs> She's born on September 30th. Her birthday was September 30th. Okay. And um, th- they invited me to drink after hours at the Irish Rover. So they all worked at the Viking house. We left the Viking house and went to the Irish Rover. Yeah. And so the bars in Copenhagen closed at like 4 a.m. So I was out with these Danes until 6. Damn. And... Um, the only thing I apparently picked up was um, don't do too many uh, fisherman shots, which I remember was a combination of like Jägermeister flavor, but like a whiskey punch. Ugh, I got like, you. It knocked you out. Damn. And I did way too many of them. And I ended up getting back to the to the hotel room around six, and slept for a couple hours before we continued on our on our path. But um, I lived Denmark drinking. Yeah, I only the think scene of in the movie where he's having a fight with his wife is like their marriage is falling apart, you know, because she's just had a yeah about his drinking. She's like. It's not about your drink. She says, everybody in this country drinks too damn much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that and ride bicycles. That's a thing that Denmark is a, you know. But, but if you ever get around to it, you know, I don't know Bernie, but, you know, maybe I got to push her to make you watch it. <laughs> <laughs> she's, um, she's amenable. She's, you know, she's a sport. Yeah, down for you know. It's still funny. I mean, even there's a lot of stuff that's conveyed without even knowing what they're, you know, what what's going on. But you just got to make sure to turn the subtitles. I don't know if you have Hulu though. Apparently, Brian doesn't have Hulu. Uh you know, I think I have like the free version of Hulu. Yeah, you gotta get like, I think I get charged like six dollars a month for it. You know, like you right. can do different levels. I have the minimal. But, like, Brian, I was trying to sell him. He's like, what else? He's like, because we were having this side conversation yesterday, you know, after you had gotten in touch with me. You know, I was like, well, I was like, well, I know Sanders. I told him, I was like, Sanders is definitely not going to see the movie recommendation, but I expected more from you, Brian. Like, oh, yeah, I did try to find it. Apparently, I don't have Hulu. And he's like, is there other things you can? I was telling him, I was like, it's like six bucks a month or something. He's like, well, are there other things you can watch on? And I was like, yeah, they got this, these movies. And then um, I never heard back from them after I sent. I was like, I was like, oh, and by the way, you can watch every episode of Cheers ever. 
I figured that would seal the deal with Brian. Yeah. I know how much he loves Cheers. Yeah. He never yeah. responded to me. That's the last text that went out. <laughs> I like to think that he immediately signed up for Hulu, has been watching all Cheers, 10, lot, 10 years of Cheers. <laughs> well, on that note. <laughs> All right. <laughs> With apologies to Girk's brother. <laughs> we'll see you guys next Oscars. Yeah, see you at the movies, Frida. Mm-hmm.